And now, as they say, to something completely different and which may be confronting for some listeners. It's still true that talking about death has replaced sex as the big taboo. But new research has found a brainwave signature that might indicate hyper-awareness in the minutes before some of us die. Associate Professor Jimo Borjigan works in integrated physiology at the University of Michigan Medical School, Ann Arbor, and led this work on what are called gamma waves in the brain. Mm, thank you. What are gamma oscillations? What do we know about them in normal life? Gamma oscillations with the frequency is higher than 25 hertz. That is 25 oscillations in a second. So it's very fast. So this is measured on the electroencephalograph? Correct, EEG. So if you or I were lying having an EEG done, what proportion mm -hmm. of our oscillations would be gamma oscillations in normal life, just when we're lying there peacefully? Oh, very little. When you're relaxed, not doing intense thinking, conscious activities and gamma activities are actually a very small portion of your overall brain activity. So if you give me a maths test to do, do the gamma oscillations go up? Gamma oscillation go up when you encounter unexpected situations when you recognize a face in a crowd or alerted to some danger, for instance, then your gamma activity goes up. So it's an indication of an elevated conscious activity. And also an indication of stress in some situations. Correct. Give me a little bit of the history of looking at brainwave activity in people who are dying or near miss deaths. That's a really good question, actually. <laughs> I wasn't hired to study electrical activity with the brain. I was studying circadian rhythms. But one accidental discovery led me to wonder how healthy person or healthy animals die. We know very little about the entire dying process in terms of brain activity. And so we know that somebody collapsed to the ground, seemingly losing all senses, and there's no activities, and it's not walking, talking. So we thought the brain is no longer working. At the same time, I learned that there is something called a near-death experience. When people describe this as something realer than real. So this is when they've had a cardiac arrest. It's almost consistent what they say. I feel my body leaving itself and then coming back in. Correct. That tells me that unless that near-death experience is truly from extracorporeal sources, if it comes from the brain, that must mean from the time you collapse to the ground until you die, the brain must be undergoing something very fascinating that represents neurosignatures of consciousness. It's hard to study in humans, though. You can't be there for every cardiac arrest. That is so true. And we were able to do this in the animal models. But in the animals, even if we do resuscitate them, we could not talk to them to see what they experienced. So in humans, we then thought maybe the withdrawal of life support in comatose patients may be close to a situation of letting somebody die in ICU city. Which is still not necessarily normal because the assumption is that if you're removing life support, the brain is so affected that it's not going to maintain life if you remove the support. Yeah, when we went into the study, we just thought... If we study enough of these patients, maybe some of them might have residual activity, may show some interesting or intense activities. And so we didn't really expect much because if you look at the four patients we looked at, they were all judged beyond medical help. So the brain shows no sign of having any activity, at least overt activity, that nothing is showing. So we just decided, well, we're going to analyze EEG activity anyway to see what we find. And what we're shocked. Think? What did you find? We were shocked. This massive activation with gamma activity as soon as we removed the ventilator, so in the ore patients. 
this is a small study. Was it in all four patients? No, we studied four patients in detail. So we followed their dying process literally second by second by examining both EKG activity as well as EEG activity. The electrocardiogram to see what the heart's doing. Correct. Electrocardiogram using the technique we invented in the lab called electrocardiogram matrix. And we were very surprised to find two of the four patients showed very unexpected, very marked surge of a gamma activity. And what was happening with the heart, given yes. that you were coordinating the two pieces of data? Yes, we think the two pieces of data really go hand in hand. So what happened to the heart is that as soon as you remove the ventilator, as you could imagine, if the patient have an intact autonomic nervous system, then they should try to gasp, you know, looking for air, right? The brain say, oh, give me some oxygen to breathe. So the autonomic system may be activated. So this is indeed the case for two of the four patients who had a gamma oscillation activated. Their heart rate increased during the initial phase as soon as you remove the ventilator. And in the same two patients, we saw the activation of gamma oscillation. Did they take, I'm sounding so macabre, but did they take longer to die than the other two? No, actually, no. So all four patients died within 30 minutes. So the very first patients that showed very dramatic activation of gamma oscillation died within 10 minutes after a ventilator was removed. So the question that everybody listening to this conversation is asking now, does that mean yeah. they had a period of hyper-awareness before they died? For the two of the four patients, yes, I believe so. But of course, we'll never know because they did all die. So we'll never find that out. But uh, there were neurosignatures of a consciousness. And we are pretty sure of that. Is there any yes. other research from anywhere else in the world that supports what you're saying in human research? Not by the same kind of method, because our study probably is the first to follow the dying process of any human being second by second from the time that heart, I mean, the life supporters were withdrew. But there was a, one study published last year in Frontiers of Aging Research, and that study showed very small activation of gamma activity. But the dying process of that person was not followed continuously, and the EKG was not monitored or analyzed. So we don't know exactly what the heart was doing during that process. So at the moment, you've got two of your patients and one patient yes. in another study. So the best you can say is... There's a signal there that needs further research. If it's true yeah. and does happen, yeah. could this explain mm -hmm. the near-death experience that you go through this acute stress, your body mm -hmm. is temporarily mm -hmm. dying, and the, the gamma surge makes you think that you're left your body? The neurosignatures we discovered showing in our paper does have a correlation with neurosignatures in studies that show for instance, out-of-body experience, for instance, visual activation, auditory activation, for instance, speech perception, which is all clustered in the back half of your brain, okay, in the posterior half of the brain, in the place that's called a TPO junction. That's been really studied by a number of labs and showing that it's an anatomical location for the minimum neural correlates of consciousness. So I'm pretty confident that this study really, in a way, just lays the foundation for further studies. I doubt included every single subjective experiences that other people experienced because there are millions of people experience near-death experiences. So I think that I doubt this particular patient, even if, even if she survived, she would be able to tell every single type of subjective experience. We definitely need a study that is showing 
from survivors. Okay, so I wish that if the two of the four patients survived and tell a story, that would be stronger evidence to show that neurosignatures we discovered is truly represent a near-death experience. So since we don't have that piece yet, so more studies need to be done. Well, I can't say this has been the most comfortable interview I've ever done, but it's been fascinating. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Associate Professor Jimo Borjigan works in integrated physiology at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. 